Hi, this is John Salarco, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. Hello, yes, three more points were chalked up under the Craven Cottage lights and Mr. Monsoon on Wednesday as Tom Kearney honours a second-half substitute at the most romantic of returns to the team, smashing an absolutely beautiful opportunistic volley high into the Hammersmith end to give the Whites a deserved lead. Mitro scored his 13th goal in 13 games this season a few minutes later and that was enough to brush aside what was a very lacklustre Cardiff City side. Morgs and Wigo are here to talk about the game and also look ahead to what is shaping up to be a very tasty fixture against Nottingham Forest on Sunday afternoon. Plus, we're also delighted to welcome back once again Fulham bloggers Jack and Loz. Autumnal delight, my name is Matt Boisclair and this is your Fulham Focused Podcast. Fulham. Right then, guys, so Morgs is running a bit late, so we may or may not get him. Hopefully, he'll join us in a little while. But let's start off by going around to each of you and getting your overall thoughts on the game to begin with. Jackie, I'm going to come to you first. Well, we were thinking before the before we joined you, um, the last time we were on was when we played Burnley and we'd been relegated. And so the contrast between how we felt then and how I think we all feel now after last night, it's just amazing. Um, I thought it was a great game. Still, I don't think the team are doing everything they can do. Um, but, you know, two goals in a clean sheet in terrible conditions, what's not to like? Plus, obviously, Tom suddenly, or almost apparently out of nowhere, not just back, but back and absolutely brilliant. Yeah, um, I was only saying the other day on the podcast, and this is just going to always come back to haunt me, that... One of the lads said, oh, Tom Kearney's got a part to play this season. And I said, yeah, we need somebody to carry the water bottles across the pitch. Then the next game, he was on the bench and then he's gone and done that yesterday. So I need to get back in my box and shut up. Loz, how about for you? Uh, I mean, it was a brilliant match. I think excellent team performance. But um, on paper, this this looked an easy one. But you never stop being worried as a Fulham fan because clearly they had no expectation, no pressure on them. They weren't expected to win. Mick McCarthy, I have a soft spot for Mick McCarthy, but anyway, um, he he changed things up. He, I think he put in about five youngsters or whatever. So it could have been more difficult than actually it was, which is really, you know, good because it doesn't always work out like that. So brilliant. And as, you know, Jackie was saying, the clean sheet is really good and just trying to get some consistent performances and some consistent wins brilliant third home win on the trot fab very happy wonderful yeah I think uh, you'll have plenty of time to spend with Mick McCarthy if that's what you want to do because I think he's he's going to be out of work soon I know I know yeah I don't want to spend that much time honestly Matt (laughs) Um, Wigo what are your thoughts we barely got out of first gear all game did we yeah, it was. I thought it was a bit of a slow start, to be honest. They had their chances and they hit the post. And I, I was sat there thinking, oh, this could be the game where they sort of turn their luck a bit. They got nothing to lose. They lost six in a row, you know, coming to near the top of the league. And uh, they just had to go for it. And they did, to be fair to them at the start. But yeah, we our quality was just too much for them at the end of the day. And um, comfortable win all round and back up into second. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing what a couple of wins can do to just give you give your season another shot in the arm after that Coventry game where we had to stew on that for a couple of weeks. But anyway, let, let's come on to it then. So Fulham didn't make any drastic changes to the lineup that did so well to dispose of QPR last weekend, other than to replace the injured even Caballero and Joe Bryan with Bobby Reed and Anthony Robinson, uh, respectively. What is interesting now, though, is that Kenny Tete was on the bench and it sounds like Fabio Carvalho had COVID or has COVID, but was back in training following his foot injury. So with the return of Tom Kearney as well, we aren't far off being back to full strength now, aside from the new injuries that we've had in the last week or so, Jack. Yeah, I think it's really exciting to have hopefully a full team available and to really see what this team can do. I think that um, give or take Tete... And before we knew that Tom had, you know, come back fully fit and firing on all cylinders, the team that started yesterday was probably our best team. 
Pete will get his place back, I think, at some stage. But the competition for places in midfield now, and assuming Fabio gets over his foot, his COVID and his agent problems, then, you know, he's back in the mix as well. So um, it's it's going to be a pretty exciting time, I think, if everyone plays their best and, and Marco picks the teams properly. Tom, having Tom come off the bench is like such a luxury. And I, I felt that, that if I was a Cardiff player, I, I, my head would have dropped just sort of seeing the, the quality that we have on the bench. Um, Tom, I think by his own admission, is saying that he's not fully fit and that he needs game time. So I very much doubt he's going to be starting or playing a full 90 minutes. And that's okay. We can ease him back. The fact we haven't had him for 10 months or so, then if we can have him for half games and he, he comes on and does that, I'm happy with that. So TC as a, sort of like a wonder sub for a few games, um, that's fine by me. And obviously it was bad for Harrison Reed going off yesterday. I thought he had a really good first half. Not so sure about him shooting, but, um, you know, but he's obviously been told to have a go, which is, is fine. Um, but Tom does offer something else. It is that bit of flair, that creativity, that the way he was sort of loitering and will come onto his goal, he does, he does offer something else. Um, midfield, we've got lots of options. I felt a bit sorry for Muniz actually, just coming on for like the last five minutes, just because, you know, to save Mitro for the next match. And you sort of think, well, are we going to see more of him? Because he's good. Rodak, uh, you know, I like Gazaniga, but I think he's, he's, he's my number one. And I prefer Rodak in goal. I think for a while, we've been saying that we thought it was time to give Rodak a chance because he, he got us up previously. So not that Gazaniga is a bad number two to have at all. So we have got options. And I think our biggest problem is consistency and just working out what our best team is. And I, I agree with you, Jackie, that like, I think it was last night, that starting 11 was, you know, bar Tom coming on, I think we're pretty much there. Um, but then we've got Carvalho when he comes back, if he comes back, who knows, um, he's got to be starting. So We've, we've got options to mix it up. Wigo, is is Kearney now being available? Um, I mean, I mean, it's obviously a really good thing, but it, is there going to be an expectation now? He's come back and he's done he's done something amazing in the first ten minutes of being on. Are people now going to think, well, get Kearney straight back into the starting lineup? And does that put a bit of extra pressure on him when he's trying to get fit? I don't think so. No, not personally. All right, it was great he come on and got the goal last night. We change the game actually when he come on. And being out for that long, you do kind of think, has he lost it a little bit? You see some players that are out long term and they lose their way. They're kind of a bit nervous to get stuck in and get involved. You know, he was still the same old TC, inviting the player towards him, getting rid of the ball, going around him. Saw his classic step overs, you know, and whacked it in the top bins. So that's classic Kearney. Um, I mean, it's always going to be tough. We've got a younger midfield now and the midfield the way they've been playing this season, bar a couple of games like Coventry, they've been fantastic. And Carvalho, you know, playing the way he was before he got injured and, you know, all the other stuff that's going on. In in my eyes, he'd walk straight back into the team if there are no contract problems or behind the scenes problems. If it was literally injury and he's 100% fit, he walks straight back in. And, you know, Seri should never, ever be taken out of that team again unless he has to be. Because that was that was just one of the biggest mistakes resting him. And these last two games have just shown how crucial he is. So it's that one last centre midfield spot, a bit deeper than what Kearney, what we've been used to seeing Kearney in really the last few years. But what is he, he's 30 now. You know, maybe dropping him a bit deeper is the right thing, especially with the youth prospect of Carvalho, you know, up and coming in the number 10. You, you talked about Seri then, and we're, we seem to be gushing over Seri every week, but... Again, he created that chance in the first half with that through ball, didn't he? Which maybe Wilson should have taken on himself, but he backheeled into the path of both Mitrovic and Cabano. And Cabano was having it. There was no chance he was getting out of the way and he hit the post. Maybe Mitrovic would have wrapped his right foot around it and sent it into the back of the net. But lost. talk to me about Seri. We haven't had you guys on this season since Seri's been back in, back in the team. Um, and, and we talk about him every week and say how good he is, especially at this level. But just just his passing range is incredible, isn't it? 
Yeah, no, I mean, it, and it makes such a change because when he first arrived at the club, the first few matches, first couple, we thought, oh, brilliant, he's going to be, you know, the new Mrs. Dembele, or, you know, we were full of hope and, and it, he was full of promise. And then it went off the ball. No wonder he hadn't played in the Premier League before, you know, he didn't know the team. It was a big transition and it just didn't, well, everything went pear shaped. Um, at the moment, though, he and the last few matches, he's been absolutely brilliant. And, you know, people have described him as a Premier League player playing in a championship team. Um, I don't think he always is like that. I don't think he's he's without fault, but he does do these amazing passes. And as you said, Matt, yesterday, like in the first half, uh, you know, it's almost through the eye of a needle sort of type passes that he can really um, create the opportunity. I think he's like so feeling the love. Now, we often think that sometimes we sing the songs just because they're good songs, like the, you know, Maxine the Marshall or whatever. I don't think people loved him. They just liked singing the song. And I think Seri doesn't quite appreciate that actually half of the singing is because we just like singing that song. But it is, there, there is a love fest going on and he is feeling it. And he is, you know, you know, I think responding really well. So um, as a player, he's really gifted. I think he is the difference to us actually um, sort of really coming alive in a lot of matches. And you can sort of see the quality. But uh, sometimes, you know, in the past, I, I have been critical of him just being really slow on the ball. And he just doesn't recognise when there's sort of someone that's just happy to sort of dispossess him like right on his shoulder and you sort of think he, he doesn't even in the championship he doesn't have the luxury of that much time on the ball but I think he's learning the hard way that he can't do that so no he's, he's a, a great player. You, you talk about the songs um, I don't know if anyone saw it on the on the official website the other day um, that he did, he did an interview and his English clearly isn't that good um, because I think it was Jeff Bruce that was interviewing him, and he said, oh, "Have you heard the songs?" And he said, "Oh yeah, I asked Cabana at Huddersfield, are they singing about me?" Um, and and then he then he went on to say um, say to him, "Oh, do you know that, that they sing that you're better than Zidane?" And I think he completely <laughs> missed the point because he then went on to say, "Oh no no no, I just saw Bobby running through and I passed him the ball and Bobby put it in the back of the net." And I, I think that's what he quite meant. But either way, he's saying he, he's really thankful and he, he loves the fact that we sing his name. Yeah, and so. we were saying yesterday that we, he probably hasn't been a fan favourite anywhere, and like yeah. you can sort of feel he's he's feeling the love. And it and at the end when he came over to the Hammy end at the end of the match. It, it was just really good because there was a big loving for everyone yesterday. I mean, and it was it was it was really good because you know he's responding because and, and the more confidence and the more uh, sort of happy he feels, the better he's getting. So <laughs> let it continue. Absolutely, absolutely. How about for you, Jack? Have, have you enjoyed Seri this season? Yeah, I'm very happy to join in the Seri Love Fest. Uh, he was totally our man of the match yesterday. And, you know, he's a cut above in the championship. That That's the bottom line. And, you know, maybe he's finding life a bit easy because, yes, he's got a little bit more time on the ball. His skills are really appreciated. He really stands out. But it's still tough for him. Those Cardiff players, some of them were literally twice as tall as him. But he's got to play against them. He's got to get around them. And he does. And, yeah, I think I think he's feeling the love and he's enjoying that. Um and he obviously gets on with the teammates and he, he likes it at Fulham and he's, he feels appreciated and he knows that if he helps get us promoted, he stays and he plays in the Premier League with us. So, um, you know, we, we, we're all for, for having him in the team for the rest of the season, basically. Ah, Morgan's here. Morgan, we were just talking about Abubakar Kamara. Everyone. Brilliant. <laughs> I'll, I'll my thesis out then. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I'll bring you straight in, mate. So uh, we're, we're just talking about how, how good Seri was last night again. But I want to come on to Harrison Reed, who went off at half time. Apparently, it was a precautionary injury. Um, but he started shooting all of a sudden. Um, and the last time I remember him having a shot in the Premier League was against Everton, which, which set up the goal for, um, for Madger. Um, then he had a shot at the end against Blackpool, which of all the people to fall to, you just thought, oh, not him. Um, and then he had a couple of pops yesterday as well. One got brought a save out the keeper, the other one, other one went high and wide. But it's interesting seeing him play a bit further forward, isn't it? I think clearly they've given him a little bit more sort of uh, license to sort of get forward. I mean, obviously, Seri's back there as well. 
covering for him. Uh, and then hopefully sort of, you know, he, he doesn't have shooting boots from what we can see. I mean, but it'll be nice if he actually did get himself a couple of goals over the course of the season. Um, just to really compliment the fact that his performances are so strong. And it's a shame that, you know, he a bit like Angisa, I guess, you know, he was sort of, you put in good performances, but you don't, as a as a neutral or as an outsider, you never realise how good he is because you never see his name on the score sheet. And he gets the odd assist, I think, um, here and there. But realistically, he's not that kind of player. But, I mean, obviously, if Silva said to him, you know, have a go, he's obviously doing something in training, which suggests that maybe he is sort of uh, capable of putting the ball in the net. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed he uh, manages to get one in at some point. Um, I think, you know, in terms of him going off, uh, you do have to be careful with him. And we'll probably see the same with Kearney as well, uh, as of when he sort of picks up a little niggle again in a game. Just take him off because the last thing you need is to uh, aggravate an issue which might be there. And um, yeah, if he sort of only comes off and he's actually, actually, no, I'm fine. Um, then hopefully, touch wood, he'll be uh, there for the Forest game. Yeah, agreed. All right, well, let, let's come on to that, that Hollywood moment then. I'll come to you first, Wigo, about the, the Tom Kearney goal. On for Harrison Reed, who went off at halftime, uh, as we said, with that with that niggle. But it's almost fairy tale stuff, wasn't it? T- talk me through the goal and, and your reaction when it flew in. Oh, it was brilliant. Unbelievable. And so good for Kearney, after so long out, to come back and do that uh, straight away was brilliant. It was great from Harry Wilson as well. All right, we've got a bit of luck when it comes to Kearney, but, you know, Wilson's taken it through the first defender's legs. As I say, it's ricocheted back, and Kearney's just smashed it. I'll give it credit to him, uh, because he's used to just bending it into the top corner as opposed to uh, putting his foot through it. So, you know, rippled the net, difficult conditions as well. And then, uh, yeah, to see him celebrating was brilliant. And uh, brilliant from Gentleman Jim as well, shouting uh, at the players not to jump on Kearney. You know, we (laughs) don't, we don't, don't want him out again. Because then, uh, then he really will be carrying the waters, uh, as you say. So, um, yeah, no, fantastic. And I'm so happy for him. And uh, it's great to have him back in the team as well. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely brilliant as well. Um, it's funny because I've, I've just finished our blog and um, I've just posted it. And when I was writing it, I sort of thought it, it's like fiction. You know, the captain, he's been out hideously injured for all this time. People didn't even know if he was going to come back and play at all or if he's, as you say, he was, you know, he was going to be water carrier going forward. So to come back, be on the pitch for 10 minutes, change the game, score this amazing goal in these atmospheric meteorological conditions, um, obviously couldn't contain his emotion, um, which was sort of lovely to see in its own way. And I think it affected all of us get jumped on by Mitro, which in itself is, you know, can't be much fun um, than everybody else, but seemed to survive that. And um, yeah, what a, what, what a comeback for him, basically. Uh, I think it's, it is the fairy tale moment, Hollywood fiction, fairy tale. But I think what was amazing is that just it was just the, the, the supercharge at the cottage. It was sort of like this electric current that just sort of like went through everywhere. But I can only say talk from the hammy end, and it it really was um, it was emotional for everybody, not just him, because you felt it. It felt almost like the sort of playoff final goal. It was that momentous. I don't know why. I think maybe the conditions and the whole thing that him being out for so long and the sort of the build up for his comeback. But it, it really did a, have a sort of like a, a, a moving effect on, on, on me anyway. And I think most people, I wasn't quite drawn to tears, but I think, you know, Tom was. And, uh, and, and the players, you could see how they all went round him and they were all, you know, Tim putting his arm round him and Mitra, they were all really, really happy for him. And it must have been really hard. And it's interesting what Silver's been saying about how hard Tom works, and you know, on the training field and in practice and just trying to get back to fitness um and he you know he was our captain and a club icon and even though his hair might have been quite as he wanted it for the pictures you know he still looked pretty happy (laughs) as well as emotional so uh no it was it was absolutely brilliant it's one of those nights at the cottage 
and that, that just really resonates and it sort of stays with you and you sort of leave sort of like tingling and it's um yeah it was brilliant that goal could have happened when we were four nil up or three nil up and it could have happened at the putney end and it could have just been oh great Kenny's back in the score <laughs> but the fact that it, it that it happened when it was nil nil and the way in which it happened in the at the Hammersmith end as well superb i think it's uh, finally something that's overtaken that scene in four weddings and a funeral as the most romantic thing to happen in a downpour and it it was you know i was watching it on the red button and someone uh, i was bulldo actually he messaged tc uh, in capital letters and lots of C's. And I was like, well, what's he done? Is he injured uh, already? <laughs> and, um, you know, as it, as it is with the red button, uh, it was a minute later, I found out, no, he's actually uh, put a thunder bastard straight into the hammy end. Uh, it's like <laughs> absolutely brilliant. And I was definitely one of those people that questioned whether he would actually make it back into the team again, because that injury just seemed to go on and on and on. and. It's, it's such a shame when a player, any player, especially one of that quality and of that sort of legendary status at the club, um, gets a bad injury and they can't shake it off. But I think, you know, even if it does, you know, reoccur at some point, he will always have that moment. He will always have that just come back from 10 months out and breaking the deadlock in a, you know, a particularly important game. We needed to win that. And it was, yeah, it was uh, magical. What a reference, by the way, four weddings and a funeral. I, w- I was expecting some uh, some incredible kind of references for this goal, but I don't think I was expecting four weddings and a funeral. Well, I try and get a Hugh Grant reference into most <laughs> podcasts, if possible. <laughs> um, yeah, four, four weddings and a funeral. I bet Jarlow turned up to all of them. Anyway, six, <laughs> six, <laughs> six minutes later, it was game over. Cardiff were caught in possession on the right from a goal kick. Bobby Reed teed up Mitro, and it was never in any doubt. He buried the ball into the bottom corner. 13 goals in 13 games. He's still on for 46 goals this season. Come on, Jack. Talk to me about Mitro. What's a ledge? Oh, I mean, who doesn't love Mitro, frankly, other than opposition defenders, obviously. Um, and you sort of do feel for them sometimes. They, they must turn up and they see Mitro and they think, oh, my God, it's him again. Um, he's just so dominant in the championship. The way he can just muscle his way past defenders and then he's got the skills to then slot the ball past the goalie as well he does so much for the rest of the team um even even yesterday um you know go, going forwards particularly in the second half which obviously we see best from the from the hammy end but he was he was being a bit a bit, bit of a pivot himself actually he was getting the ball in he was playing it forward he knows he's not as fast as bobby and harry so let them do the running while he takes control and I think that's a part of his game that's that's really come on as he's matured. And, um, you know, another brilliant goal from him. And I completely agree with you. And in fact, we were talking about this in the pub yesterday. A lot of people are saying, oh, you know, 33 goals, maybe 35. Why not 40? Why not 46? If you're on 13 in 13 games, he could go all the way. And he's Mitro and I'm certainly not betting against him. I like your style. How about you, Loz? I mean, how, how many goals do you think Micho will get this season? 26 last time he played at this level, but he's absolutely flying at the moment. Yeah, I mean, 13 and 13. Uh, we were saying that we would put a fiver on him getting more than 40 goals, <laughs> even though we're not betting women, but we decided that we are when it comes to Micho scoring goals, actually. Because um, he, he is that good. And He's just found a rich vein, but as you know, as Jack was saying, it's not just the goals he scores, it's all the assists. And even for the Tom goal, if you see that he's actually in the box, he's run forward and a couple of the Cardiff defenders are with him and Tom's got loads of space, you know, so he, he's, he's just brilliant, even though he didn't actually get an assist with that goal. But he was there in the box, getting their defenders to stick to him, moving Tom in space. So he's just... Brilliant. He's just um, an intelligent footballer, knows what to do. He's looking very trim. He's looking, you know, there's a, he's all muscle. He's a, you know, he, he and he's obviously training hard. Um, he's, you know, he might not be the fastest, but he's certainly pretty agile. And his heading of the ball, I mean, even yesterday, he, I think in the first half he had a header. It was straight at the goalie, but it was still on target. You know, he's so, he wasn't... Um, absolutely like 
brilliant yesterday and that's him still helping Tom score the first one and scoring number two so on a brilliant day he's phenomenal hopefully we'll get some more hat-tricks because they're always nice to have aren't they don't, don't want much, do you? Some more hat tricks. Yes, please. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, well if you get, if you get if you get a couple more hat tricks, then he can go a bit of drought as well and still hit his forty six goals. It's fine, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if he gets a couple of hat tricks and goes on a drought, everyone will be criticising him. That is true, <laughs> and, and we will as well because that's what we're here for. Like yeah, Donald. and we don't know what we're talking about, so this is brilliant. No, that'd be, Ever. Yeah, be fine. We, ne- we never know what we're talking about. I think, I think as well. I mean, uh, I think when you look at sort of the style of football, if he doesn't beat twenty six goals this season, I'll be incredibly surprised because he scored twenty six in a style of football that you weren't supposed to score goals, and you know we still, you know, he's still able to basically. Yeah, okay, yeah, he got most of our goals that season, but you know we've got other players chipping in this season. And I think this time around, he will get at least 30. I think he'll beat Tony's record last season. I reckon he'll probably end up in the sort of early to mid-30s range. Um, but, I mean, obviously, if he does keep up this uh, the um, the ratio at the moment, then fair play to him. He could be yeah. beating some records. Wigo's, uh, Wigo's got a wry smile across his face at the very mention of that slide dig at Scott Parker. He smells blood, but they're still top of the league, boy. They're still top of the league. <laughs> We're coming for him, though. Anyway, after the second goal, we sat right back and in all honesty, probably should have conceded. Aidan Flint had a couple of chances, the second of which he blasted over the bar, unchallenged at the back post. He should have done much better than that. Uh, Then at the end, Marek Rodak made a Hollywood save, tipping over a deflected shot from Kiefer Moore. I think, Wigo, it's going to be very difficult to get Rodak out now, isn't it? He's he's got that number one shirt and I I think he's, he's going to keep it. He should have been in a long time before as well. I think, personally. He was brilliant, though, last night for what he did have to do. All right, it wasn't much, but when he was called into action, I felt assured with him between the sticks. Corners were coming in, and, you know, Cardiff have got a big team as well. But even when the corners were coming in, I felt I felt a lot safer having him in goal than uh, than when Gazaniga was in goal, unfortunately. Um, you know, it's tricky. but They're both great goalkeepers, but it's so Are difficult they? to... Do you Are not they? think... I great think Gazaniga's been all right. All right. right. Not great then. All right. You've <laughs> ripped him a new one in most games he's played. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's really great. Crazy. All right. I can't stand him. Rodak's, a great, out, great. Rodak's a great goalkeeper. Um, <laughs> Gazaniga was okay. He had his moments, um, but he also had his bad moments. But yeah, I don't know. It's tricky. He, he should have come in a while ago, to be fair. But yeah. I do feel but, sorry for Gazaniga yeah. a little bit. It's never nice. But Rodak, Rodak spent the whole season on the bench last year to, mm. you know, a much better Areola. Yeah. And uh, if he spent the whole season on the bench to uh, to Gazaniga, then, um, you know, it really would have been carnage amongst the Fulham fans, I think, wherever we finish in the league. Yeah. And, and Jack, I, I thought it was really great to see Jay Stansfield get on at the end for a run out. Um, and from now, I'd really like to see him on the bench every week and used when the game's already sewn up because that's a great environment to bring a player like him on into rather than, say, if we were in the Premier League and we were 4-0 down at Man City, oh, let's chuck Stansfield on at the end because we've got nothing to lose. But this could really help his development, Jack, couldn't it? Yeah, agreed. Um, but I also agree with what Loz said earlier, which is that both the the young subs, as it were, were much too late yesterday. I mean, I know, you know, we were only 2-0 up um, and anything can happen when we're 2 0 up. We all know that. And Cardiff did look quite dangerous, as, as we've also been saying. So I sort of get that he left it late. But, you know, you're absolutely right. Both Muniz and Stansfield, they need their minutes. And, you know, one minute at the end, um, it's not really enough. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Once we're 2 or 3 0 up, it's a long season. Mitro's not indestructible, nor's Bobby, nor's Harry, nor's anyone else. Bring on the young guys, let them develop, let them get the fan appreciation, let them maybe score a goal. I mean, Moon is scored and um, Stansville could as well. It, it, and in fact, he did score in the cup, didn't he? But um, yeah, you know, this is their time. If, if they're going to stay with us long term, they need the minutes now. And Morgs, he looked quite good when he came on, didn't he? He looked pretty lively. Well, I actually missed him coming on. Uh, next thing I know, he's just sort of like he's flying down the wing, down the left with the ball. I was like, oh, okay, fair enough, here we go. And but yeah, he did look lively, and he's 
he's the kind of like epitome of a young, uh, keen, uh, you know, player trying to make an impression in the first team. Obviously, he got his goal against Birmingham, um, hasn't had much of a chance since. And hopefully, you know, this is the start of him sort of establishing himself in the squad, not maybe in the starting lineup, obviously, but giving him, you know, more opportunities because he obviously he's had to battle back from a fairly serious injury as well. So it's, it's nice that he has actually come back and unlike sort of many of our youth team, not being cast off. And, um, you know, again, as the same with Muniz as well, I think he's having to be blooded in because he's still young. He didn't play, you know, a huge amount of games um, uh, in Brazil, but it will take time for him. And I think maybe the expectation was that we would be slightly more comfortably ahead at that point last night. And had we been fawning up after 70 minutes, then they would have come on. But I think, um, you know, the fact they were able to actually get on the pitch uh, was, you know, was a good thing. But hopefully next time, sort of, you know, uh, with a decent lead, then they'll get some more minutes. I thought Muniz looked really good as well when he came on last night. It was sort of yeah. 86th minute or something. And, you know, he had a good couple of touches. And from the sort of cameos he's made this season, I do feel like if, you know, worst comes to worst, you know, and this is worst case scenario, Mitrovic does get injured or suspended because, you know, we all know there is a ban in there somewhere for him. Um I'd feel I'd feel pretty comfortable with Muniz starting. All right, he scored the, only scored the one goal, but he's not exactly had the chance to get any more, really. Um, but I, I really like the look of him, to be fair. And we've got we've got a really good player on our hands there. I think really he's, good he's young very player. strong. He's quite he's quite mm. metro esque in his yeah, uh, physique. Absolutely, but and I, I, think, just, I just of... think he'd start. He he would do a good job starting for us with the players we've got around uh, around him. You know the Wilsons, the Cabanos. Everyone like that, he'd be able to bag a load of goals for us as well. I think he's quite, he's quite unlike any recent Brazilian strikers. He's you know they're obviously generally quite sort of nimble and quick, and yet he sort of looks like he's a bit more sort of solid. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he develops. And I mean, given the fact that he is slightly different in that sense, whether it's sort of you know it only take a few sort of promising games to get him noticed by the national team. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, so far I'm impressed, but I wasn't really expecting much this early on. I kind of thought he would be maybe sort of playing for the under 23s and coming in a little bit. But he's uh, yeah, he's getting his chances. I think just using him sparingly and obviously the training sessions are sort of obviously key to sort of get him into the squad, help him build up his uh, relationship with the squad as well because obviously he doesn't really speak English, so that's always a bit of a tricky one. So I guess hope, hopefully he's having some lessons at the moment. My only concern with him, if Mitrovic was suspended or was injured for a period of time, becoming the first choice striker, is that I, th- I feel like he, he likes to get more involved in the play and he gets more drawn out to the sides and to the wings a bit more, more so than Mitrovic. Whereas Mitrovic, he does occasionally do that, but he's, M- Mitrovic is a, is a poacher. He likes to be in that six-yard box. And I'm not sure if, if Muniz is that same sort of player. But then again, we don't have anybody who's that same sort of player as Mitrovic. And I'm not sure anybody else does at this level either. So um, we, we, let's say we don't have to cross that bridge. But like you say, Wigo, I think we, we probably will in uh, at least when it comes to a suspension, because he's bound to be suspended, isn't he? Um, and, uh, and last time, actually, when he was suspended in, in, champion, in at championship level, it was that QPR game that he missed when, uh, when Kamara scored a couple of goals, wasn't it? So... Um, Again, a, a very different type of player in that Mitrovic is good and Kamara was shit. But, you know, he, he cropped up with the odd goal here and there, didn't he? So, anyway, um, let's come on to man of the match. So, Morg's going to come to you first then. Who's your man of the match? I know the uh, the official sort of man of the match, as it were, went to Kearney because, obviously, the romance of it. I, but I think it's got to go to Seri. I think he had a brilliant game last night. Uh, some of his passing, again... Uh, was out of this world and just generally all over the place. And I think uh, as, you know, very much the same as uh, the QPR game and the, um, uh, what the game was before that? Oh no, QPR game. And he was just extraordinary. And I think uh, he deserves it. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I'm I'm all about the romance. I'm all about the, the four weddings and a funeral moment. So I'm absolutely going for Tom Kearney. Um, loved it. Absolutely loved it. And sometimes... <laughs> 
when you're picking a man of the match, that you, you look at the technical aspect of the game and, you know, who actually performed the best. But actually, for me, that match was all about Tom Kearney. It was it was his moment of um, 10 months of frustration, probably probably 10 months plus, actually. Um, and yeah, so so for me, it, it's Tom Kearney. Uh, Wigo, I'm going to come to you next, mate. I think you wanted to put in a shout for Anthony Robinson, didn't you? Yeah, I, I think so, especially, you know, when we were on the counter-attack and he managed to find the only Cardiff player uh, <laughs> within their half, really, other than the five Fulham players. No, but um, sort of a different shout. I'd say Harry Wilson. Um, he got into the Championship Team of the Week and that was one of his best games for a while because he's had the few games where he sort of sloped off a bit. But um, he got involved quite a lot yesterday and, you know, got the ball through the defender's legs in the lead-up to Kearney's goal. Um, but, you know, he was sort of starting to come back and him and Bobby Reed sort of interchanging between their roles. I thought he had a great game, so I will give it to him. Nice one, mate. OK, how about you, Loz? Uh, not TC, even though that is the four weddings and a funeral thing to do, only because he only had half the match. Like, So if he played a bit more, I think, then his eligibility... Might have been a bit greater for me. Um, not Harry Wilson, because even though I think he was absolutely at the heart of both our goals and he did some amazing things, um, his free kicks and his shots were rubbish. And so he needs to go back to a bit of shooting practice, I think. But everything else he did, so I'm not slagging him off, but everything else he did was great. But his own shooting was rubbish. Um, so it's it's Seri. Um, I I think he was really good, and I think he deserved it. And I and I can't think of anyone else because we were having this debate in the pub after. And because overall everyone played really well, no one played rubbish. That Anthony Robinson, you know, chance at the end was just woeful. And I think he just got spooked by the QPR goal. I think he was just like, oh god, I can't do it twice. Like like so <laughs> he just like uh, um, and he froze and he fluffed it. But uh so Seri. Fair enough, fair enough. Couple of votes for Seri. And how about you, Jack? So I'm also in the Seri camp, but one person we haven't mentioned, and I'm not saying he's in contention for man of match, but who did play really well was Tosin. Uh only player who could have got into the Cardiff team by height, but <laughs> yeah. obviously better than absolutely all of them. And once again, um, a brilliant display of defensive headers, anything that comes his way. He just seems to manage to head away, um, not put off by their very physical tactics. Um, did some um, interesting balls forwards. Um, again, yeah, I thought he played really well. So not not in the Surrey League, but certainly worth mentioning when we're, when we're discussing people who've been playing well. Fabulous. All right. Well, Seri wins it then with uh, with three of those. Good stuff. All right. Well, let's come on to Sunday's match then. And this is a massive match with Nottingham Forest. Since coming in and taking over from Chris Hewton a month ago when he was sacked, Steve Cooper almost joined us apparently in the summer, but he steered Forest to one draw and four wins in a row, even if it took two injury time goals away at Bristol City on Tuesday night. But as I said, massive game for Fulham and it's very tricky too, given given their form. So how do you see it going, Wigo? Well, the win at Bristol City is just going to be a massive confidence boost for them, isn't it? And the, you know, two stoppage time goals really does show the character they've got. And that's not something they'd have done uh, with Chris Hewton in charge. So <clears throat> I think Steve Cooper's done a fantastic job to come in and turn them around. You know, a couple of months ago, if we were going to Forest away, you'd think we were an easy bet to go and win this but now I'm 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 worried I'll be honest I'm worried our away form hasn't been fantastic lately uh as we know after Coventry and to go to a team in form on the back of such a confidence boost is going to be really tricky um so it's going to be an interesting game and uh, I'm looking forward to going it's going to be going to be a good day out yeah I think it's going to be a really tough game too um, and I completely agree with what you said. Cooper's clearly turned it around. Um, I've always thought Hewton was quite a good manager, but he clearly wasn't a good fit with those players because they were in a completely false position at the start of the season. They're now getting back to where they should be, which is clearly 
mid to upper mid table, absolutely full of confidence, as you say, playing really well. Um, one thing we said in the pub last night, actually, about the two injury time goals, kind of the good thing is you're not going to be able to do that two games in a row. Clearly, they played well, but that is a bit lucky to score two goals in such quick, quick succession after 90 minutes. This could massively come back to bite me, couldn't it? But I do think that, you know, hopefully we've avoided that curse anyway. But yeah, I think it's going to be really tough. It should be a really good match. I'm envious of you going because, um, you know, they're on good form. We're on good form. Should be really good. Yeah, I mean, never say they can't do it again. I mean, why <laughs> would you say something like that? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, okay. Uh, it, you know, got to reiterate, it will be a hard game. I mean, Pretty Boy Cooper has done a very good job. Uh, bit, bit rich, and... mate. Bit rich. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was a model when I was a baby. Um, but they, they've suddenly, it's amazing how quickly he's turned it around because they were god awful for the. You know, the game's on Houston, and he seems to have done it instantaneously. And you always wonder what goes on on the training pitch and, you know, behind the scenes when the turnaround is so astronomical and so instantaneous. And all, you know, fair play to him. I mean, he's got you know, a decent squad of players there, I think. Um, I don't know how many signings they made over the summer, but I know they changed a lot of the backroom staff and sort of uh, recruitment process and things. But He's obviously come in, brought his tactic, tactics into it, and it's just worked for those players. And, fair, you know, hopefully Saturday or Sunday is an off day. Um, but it'll be a good game, but it will be hard for. I do, you know, I'm going to get the result, but I think if we come out with a draw from it, given their form, I mean, especially given our form as well, I think a draw point will end up being a fair result. I think most Fulham fans would be happy with the draw on Sunday. But uh, it's a bit like I want lots of hat-tricks. Uh, I want to win. Like Obviously, everyone wants to win. But I, I think we need a win. I mean, they're, they're a good team. They're, their form has really sort of been transformed under Cooper. But if we want one of those top two automatic places, <laughs> we've got to beat Forrest away. Like, so, um and it's even, no matter how good they are, if we think we're as good as we are and we keep on going on about the quality and Marco Silva bringing something, you know, to trade up from Parker, then um, we can't be daunted by Forrest away, no matter how good their, their, their sort of like run of form is. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a demanding fan saying I don't want a draw I, but I, and, and we should win. Um, and, and there's no reason why we shouldn't. Just looking at the, who they've actually played. So, they um, after Hewton was sacked, they won 2-0 at Huddersfield, I think. And that was, I can't remember who was manager, but there was somebody who was uh, interim uh, manager at that point. Then they drew at home to Millwall. One at Barnsley. Barnsley are rubbish. Barnsley are down the bottom and are probably going to get relegated this season, given their form. Um, they won 3-0 at Birmingham. Well, we got four at Birmingham, so... Um, they beat Blackpool. We won't talk about that one. Um, and then they had that that um, that good win at Bristol City the other night, but with two goals in injury time. So that, again, you could argue that that was quite fortunate. So, all right, they've um, their fortunes are turned around. But player for player, and style for style, and on their day, if they play the best that they can play, and we play the best that that we can play, we win the game. That is, it's as simple as that. But we know that we're susceptible to a crap performance. Just look at that Blackpool game. Look at that Coventry game. I'm not going to include the Reading game because we should have absolutely battered Reading and how we didn't win that game. I still wake up in the middle of the night in, in a cold sweat about that one. But I, I don't... It's going, to, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a tough game. But I fully expect the three points. Um, and, you know, I can't remember which one of you just said a minute ago that you know, a lot of us will be happy with a draw. I, I won't be happy with a draw at this point because I want to win the league. And with five points behind Bournemouth already, as it is, Bournemouth are playing... God, I can't remember who they're playing at the weekend, but they they're play they play before us anyway. Um, and, you know, they, they could be eight points ahead of us if they win that game before we even play. So we've got to be winning this game. And it's a massive, massive week for us as well. We've got, we've got that game and then we've got West Brom at home on Saturday lunchtime the following week as well. So... You know, the, the, it's a it's a big week for us, 
Um, and, and nothing, nothing less than a win for me in, in this one, um, especially given it's Steve Cooper and that kind of circus around Steve Cooper. Will he won't he be joining Fulham in the summer? So got to win it. Anyway, let's let's come on to the lineup. It's almost impossible to predict the starting lineup. Does Kearney start? Is it too soon? There's danger that expectation levels will go through the roof, as I said earlier. Now he scores such a dramatic goal. Wigo, I come to you first, mate. How, what, what do you think? What do you think about the lineup? Um, I wouldn't start Kearney personally. I mean, there's nothing against him. His performance was fantastic. It's more looking at his fitness. You know, he's played. 35 minutes in 10 months. Can he really go and do 90 minutes? No, I don't think he can. It's just the physical, you know, the physical damage it will probably do to him. And you risk further injury. It would just be very naive. Um, We know the impact he can have as a sub, judging by last night. So, um, you know, I'd leave him on the bench and bring him on again if we need to, because he's capable of changing the game. Elsewhere, I'd probably, you know, I hope Brian's fit because I'd like to have him back in at left back. Um, yeah, Robinson wasn't great last night. So, uh, as a lot of people actually agreed with, to be fair, I've seen. So, to have Brian back would be really good as well. Um, other than that, I'd probably keep it pretty much the same, really. Everyone played well last night, well enough. Tete probably won't be fit to come back in either. But it's always been fine. You know, he's not been brilliant. He's not been bad. He's been fine. You know, so I would have no problem with him on Sunday, really. So, more of the same. Kearney for an impact sub. You're you're so inconsistent with your opinions, honestly. What have I said about Adoy? I've not said no, anything nothing, about Adoy. Nothing, nothing. But this is my point. Adoy has had some really shit moments this season, but he has gets he, away yeah, with but, it. Yeah, he, he has. He's had some he really has. good moments as well, I think. So average it out. He's fine, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. He is he is fine. That's about it. And he's he's okay as cover from right back. But t- when Tete's back, Tete's, Tete's back in. Oh, but absolutely. Again, how do you get him back into the side there? You know, it'd be nice if we were falling up against Forrest at half-time and we can just bring Kenny Tete on for, for 45 minutes and see how he gets on. Not expecting that to be the case necessarily, but um, he, he's going to have to come on at some point. Um, and and it, you know this this is a three game week, as we said at, at the beginning of last week as well. And do you keep that same team almost for for three games running? Maybe, maybe not. Um, by the way, I just looked it up. Bournemouth were at home to Huddersfield at the weekend, so you, you'd probably expect them to get the points there, wouldn't you? Uh, how about how about for you, Loz? What any changes to the starting lineup? Uh, probably not. I think the more consistent you can be, the better. I agree with Wigo. You can't play TC at the beginning. And I, I think he, he's definitely on the bench and then bring him on as is. If if I mean, Tete was on the bench. Uh, I'd start him if he's capable of starting, without a doubt. I, you know, Dennis is a fan favourite, but if Tete's fit and can play 90 minutes, I'd start him. I mean, if, even if he can't play 90 minutes, I'd probably start him and then sub him for Dennis if depending on how he gets on. Um, so, yeah, that, that's they're, they're the main changes, but, but pretty much trying to keep it as is as much as possible. Yeah, I'd be inclined to stick with pretty much the same starting lineup, um, depending on whether Harrison Reed is actually fit or not. The other person we haven't mentioned is Onoma, who used to be a favourite of mine. And then, I mean, you know, one can barely mention the Coventry word, but after that, disaster um he's sort of rightfully dropped out of favor i think but having said that if harrison reed isn't fit onoma is there as a good option um but i agree with everyone else it was fantastic to see tom i don't think he can play 90 minutes at the moment uh he played 45 which which was very good going but i think even then he did tail off a bit towards the end so i'm guessing we might see him as a sub again and um I also agree with Loz. I'd like Tete to come back much as I like Dennis. Tete, he, he's in the Surrey League. You know, he's he's very, very good in the championship and we need to play him if we can. Uh, but beyond that, no, wouldn't really make any changes. Uh, I'm also in the Kearney to start on the bench camp. I think he, I mean, he was great when he came on, but this is a process that isn't going to be rushed. And I think Silver knows that. He's experienced enough not to do something that silly. Um, I think if Reed's not fit, I would, and if Shalaba's fit, I would have him in that role. Onoma really annoyed me with that commentary. 
and uh, we're still not talking. And I think, you know, that's, <laughs> that's uh, he's, I'm not ready for him to come back in yet. And so if Shalabar is available, um, then I would have him back in the role. Tete, I would like him to be, you know, given a go soon. But I think, again, in the same boat as um, Kearney, you've kind of got to sort of blood him in gently. I don't think Bobby Reed was that great last night. Um, uh, but, you know, what are the chances of uh, Kavaya being back? I mean, God knows where he's gone. I mean, it must be a hell of a toe injury. Um, if it's the, you know, let's keep him out. But uh, hopefully, maybe he might be on the bench this weekend. I don't think we've really heard anything in the he's last had, week or so had, about it. He had COVID. He's, he was back in training and he had COVID. We talked about this before you joined us earlier, mate. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully, hopefully he'll be back soon. That'd Must be have been that, uh, that Real Madrid HR guy that came over, <laughs> gave it to him. Yeah. Oh, you are um, cynic, you. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, fair enough. Out with COVID. Such an old excuse now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I wouldn't make too many changes to it. I think I hopefully Reed isn't too injured. Uh, and hopefully Brian has recovered from removing the um, goalpost from his leg. So that'd be good. Because uh, even the commentator last night was saying, uh, was questioning how bad Robinson was. Because uh, he was just bringing down the level of the team quite badly with his passing. And it was a bit Coventry-esque. Uh, and I feel sorry for him because he played really well against QPR when he came on. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully that it's a bit of a blip, but he needs to sort his passing out big time. All right, mate. Good stuff. All right, let's come on to a score prediction then. Um, I think I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to not predict again uh, because every time I've refused to predict, Fulham have gone on to win. So I'm going to be superstitious and, and sit completely on the fence. Uh, Wigo, I'll come to you first, mate. Uh, I'll go with a 2-1 win to Fulham and I reckon Mitrovic will get both the goals that'll do me perfect Morgs uh, I'm going to be slightly more pessimistic I'm going to say two all alright okay, okay who scores yeah but two of them all okay alright and Loz how about you uh, more optimistic I'm going two nil win and Mitro and uh, Bobby Decadovan Reed goal there you go nice <laughs> That'll do me. And how about for you, Jack? Uh, I'm also going to go for 2-1 because I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet, I'm afraid. Um, I'm going to go for Mitro and Harry Wilson. That'll do as well. Lovely stuff. All right, guys. Nice one. Um, Jack and Loz, thanks ever so much for coming on. Where where can the folks find your blog? So the blog that we posted today is our pinned tweet and you can find it there. Okay. And your Twitter is... At Jack and Loz. Nice and easy. Nice and easy. Brilliant. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening, folks. Thanks to Jack and Loz once again for joining us, as always. And thanks to Morgs and Wigo, too. We're all headed up to Nottingham on Sunday, so we'll have a reaction podcast out on Tuesday next week. See you up there if you're going. Cheers. <laughs>